Welcome to Obsidian's new podcast, Off the Rock, On the Record, where we'll host different members of our rock star team sharing their insight and expertise on a variety of topics in the public relations and communication industry. Searching for insider tips on national pitching or event planning? Interested to know how we do things at Obsidian? Well, you might learn a thing or two by tuning into these insightful conversations. So let's listen in to what the team is talking about today on Off the Rock, On the Record. So today I'm here with Whitney Albert. Whitney is an account manager at Obsidian. She's one of Obsidian's newest senior team members. She joined the team um, in 2016, soon after moving to Memphis from her hometown in Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, Whitney holds a Bachelor of Arts in Public Relations from the University of Central Arkansas and a Master's Degree in Applied Communication Studies from the University of Arkansas in Little Rock. Prior to joining Obsidian, Whitney was the Director of Client Services at an agency in Little Rock, and she managed a series of client accounts in industries such as automotive, public health, telecom, higher education, and financial services. So welcome, Whitney. Thank uh, you. Let's uh, talk a little bit about your role at Obsidian and the type of clients that you work with. Sure. Um, so as you mentioned, I'm currently an account manager here at Obsidian, um, and that basically means that my role is to do everything that is within my power um, to serve our clients. Our clients um, are our number one priority, uh, so no matter what their needs are, whether it be internal communication, um, external communication, media relations, whatever it may be, uh, my role is to see to it that we uh, develop a strategic plan and we execute all of the initiatives um, that are required of us. Um, I work in a variety of industries, from education and healthcare, which are probably the two that I love the most, Mm -hmm. but also to some that are a little more wacky, family entertainment, trampoline parks, um, and 3D technology. So I'm all over the place. That's true. That's true. Well, let's talk about a skill that you've been able to sharpen since joining the team. So, of course, we do a lot of writing, um, all types of writing as a public relations firm. So I've definitely been able to hone my writing skills, but specifically my creative writing skills. When I say creative writing, I'm talking about writing that you do to to persuade um, and to convince people and to influence actions, change perceptions. So I've really been able to focus on that um, in much of my work, and and I feel good about uh, the progress that I've made thus far, and I know that I will continue uh, to improve upon that skill as time goes on. Right. And, you know, today we're talking about national pitching, which um, is a lot of writing because so much of what we do is in emails today and so much communication and what they're getting, what journalists are getting is through emails. And so it's it's just trying to be the most creative mm-hmm. and really utilize your creative writing skills to really catch their attention. So mm-hmm. um, I think that's a great um, segue into today's topic. Let's talk about uh, national pitching and how that can kind of be uh, intimidating. Tell me a little bit about what you would say about what's the most intimidating thing about pitching nationally. Yeah, I think one of the most intimidating things is just making sure that you sound intelligent. Right. You know you're confident in yourself and your skill set. You believe in your pitch, but you want to make sure um, the person that's on the receiving end of that pitch sees that level of, of confidence and that level of intelligence and your level of expertise in pitching. And sometimes that can be a little nerve-wracking. You'll second-guess yourself. You'll think twice about um, your subject line. You'll think mm-hmm. twice about, is this email too long? And have I done enough research? But I think... Um, you just have to remember that yes, this is a this is a national media outlet. They do receive a lot of pitches, but that's also a person. And you've done your homework. Um, you've read, hopefully, you've read uh, the things that they've written and, and what 
their beat is, what their passion is. Um, so you pitch that and you stand behind uh, what you pitch to get over um, some of that intimidation that you naturally feel. I think that's a good point. When you think about celebrities or anyone, the president of the United States, I mean, they are people too. And if mm -hmm. we could all just relate to people yeah. on a people level, then that's how we build relationships. Exactly. I know that building relationships is one of the keys to pitching on a national level, but what would you say are some of the other keys? You mentioned kind of really mm -hmm. knowing the, the publication and the writer. Talk about that a little bit. I mean, that homework that you have to do is just so critical. And I think you probably hear a lot of people, a lot of industry experts just kind of talk about, you got to research. You have to know that uh, reporter. And that's true, but you really need to take that to heart um, and, and put in the time to do that research process. I know for me, I've taken, you know, hours just to research as much as I can about that reporter so that I can know their style of writing. Right. The types of things that they really love and then the kinds of things that maybe they write, but I can't really tell if they love it. Maybe that was just something that was assigned to them. So you'll start to kind of pick up on some of those kind of idiosyncrasies as you're really doing that research. But I just don't think that that's something that people should slight. Like, take your time and do that right. That is so important. Knowing the basics about that person, believing in what you pitch um, is right. so important because I feel as though if you've done your homework and you believe in it, it'll come across in the pitch that you really do believe in whatever you sent to them. Right. And I mm -hmm. think when you have done your homework and you find a reporter that you know could, should be writing about this topic, mm -hmm. but also that they would be intrigued by it and might be excited about writing about the story, you mm -hmm. know, um, we remember too, just as we're talking about reporters being people, that they want to do a good job too. They mm -hmm. want to put out the best story. And if we have something that's really cool, something, a unique angle that hasn't been covered or maybe they haven't specifically covered um, in this way, we're offering that to them. It's exactly. almost like, hey, here's something great you can do. Go take your gifts and talents and do with this. Exactly. And Let's talk about some of the ways that you've captured um, the attention of national media. I know you've mm -hmm. had some success with clients. So mm -hmm. talk a little bit about what you've done. Again, applying the, the whole philosophy of doing your homework. I mentioned earlier that I work on some, uh, work in some industries that are a little different. Um, and I talked about a 3D technology company. So there's um, a company um, that's located here, American Paper Optics, yes. um, that we've worked with. They sell and produce 3D products. So 3D glasses, 3D viewers, and um, type all types of fun products. And here recently, they've been gearing up for the solar eclipse. And so they're selling solar eclipse glasses. Right. Uh, very interesting product to, to push, um, but it's also just very timely. So the fact that um, this major event, this eclipse that really is like a once-in-a-lifetime event, the fact that that was happening gave us a great excuse to pitch Perfect. about it. So mm -hmm. we already kind of had that element just already prepared or already at our fingertips to use. And so um, after I did some homework and did some research on um, the industry overall, just 3D technology and also different reporters that uh, cover things of this nature, um, I uh, found a reporter that um, actually likes to cover entrepreneurs that have wacky stories. Right. And it just so happens um, that um, the CEO of APO had a story that I just thought was a perfect fit for this particular reporter. Um, and so, and 
we were able to connect um, and it was not a quick process. This report was at Forbes um, and she actually does not work in the United States. Oh. Uh-huh. And so um, it wasn't quick. It took several tries, um, but I believed in what I was pitching. I had read the types of stories that she wrote about different entrepreneurs with all these inspiring stories, mm-hmm. these stories that they overcame, um, different obstacles and challenges. And after pitching her almost about five times, she finally <laughs> responded. Um, and I basically just told her, I just, I think this is a perfect fit. I've read what you've written and this is perfect for you. And she finally was like, okay, what, you know, let's, let's talk. And so after that, it pretty much happened. So I was really excited about that. So that was more of a human interest angle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also mentioned earlier that one of my passions is education. Right. Um, so I love working uh, with clients um, in the education realm that are really impacting young people and mm-hmm. kind of changing their minds and um, transform- transforming them into, you know, leaders. Um, and so we also work with Gestalt Community Schools, right. um, a charter network um, of several charter schools here in Memphis. And needless to say, just because of of the work that they do in helping kids in like lower income communities or um, that come up in communities where there may be other challenges that they have to overcome outside of the classroom, um, there are a lot of feel-good stories, a lot of mm-hmm. stories of how Gestalt has transformed the lives of these young people and helped them move on to be successful adults. They have done so much, and, and so I leverage some of those feel-good stories um, to also generate interest from CNN. You know, you mentioned a couple of things in there. I'm going to go back a little bit to the key traits or key, you know, elements of, of mm-hmm. national pitching, mm-hmm. uh, persistence yes. with something. Um, and I think that there's a fine line between being persistent and understanding that maybe you're not, this isn't a fit for that person or they're, or they're too busy. I mean, or they're just not responding to move it somewhere else. But still being persistent can pay off in pitching. Mm-hmm. Also, um, you talked about the stories having a national relation, like mm-hmm. it relates nationally. Mm-hmm. So like stories of students and maybe who are in uh, an area where they might be more disadvantaged, but these schools like Gestalt come mm-hmm. into those communities and transform who they are and what how they think about themselves mm-hmm. and turning them into leaders. That's actually something that is carries interest nationally. It absolutely does. So that's another thing, kind of just making sure you got to look at what, sometimes we get so excited about what we're pitching, but we, we don't have, come up above the clouds and see, does this really matter on a national scale? Do people nationally care about this topic? Mm-hmm. Because that also helps pitch your national reporters because mm-hmm. they're writing to a bigger audience than mm-hmm. locally. Uh, let's talk about what national coverage can do for a client. You know, I think, I know sometimes we have clients who think, well, I'm just, you know, here locally, what, what, first of all, why would national media care? Mm-hmm. But second, what, what do I need to be telling my story national? How is that going to impact me? So just talk about that, like what maybe it's done for some of your clients, what you think it can do. Talk about that. It just, it, it legitimizes what the client does. Right. It elevates their brand, their service, their product, whatever it is, to a much higher scale. Um, so that even if your core, you know, audience, your core market is is local, it's in Memphis, it doesn't hurt for people outside of this market to know how awesome you are. Because you just never know what opportunities um, may be down the road for you and for your company. Um, so I think that it just elevates uh, what it elevates what the client does to a degree where if they ever wanted to branch outside of the local market, um, the foundation kind of has been laid from an awareness standpoint mm-hmm. because we put that story out there um, on a more national scale. Um, it can't hurt. Right. It's basically what it is. I, I can't say it'll hurt at all. It can only help. I think, too, you know, when we go back to talking about how 
when you're getting a national story, it, the media is, like you said, giving you that credibility that you're worthy of, like you're, mm-hmm. what you're doing, what your impact is, is a bigger thing than just you're doing in your local mm-hmm. community. And so I think that kind of helps probably for fundraising here. And, it you does. know, when a nonprofit is shows up on a national story, I just think that can, wow, look what they're doing. Oh, I really see, kind of opens the eyes of, pop, you know, potential um, donors or contributors here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's definitely another thing yes. we can talk about. Finally, in kind of wrapping this up, let's, let's. What are some of the final thoughts that you could offer on um, successfully pitching national media? You know, I go back to when I mentioned earlier believing in the pitch because I think that sometimes if we're in a hurry, and I think we've probably all been guilty of this, we'll just pitch something to say we did it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, we do that few and far between times, right. um, but. When you really have taken that time to do everything that you need to do and you believe in it, like I said earlier, I think it comes across. But you have to you have to convince the person on the receiving end that you are worthy or that that pitch is worthy of attention. So, you know, one of my thoughts is just don't walk away from it. The first time, the second time, don't walk away just because you've not gotten a response. If you really believe in it, if you know it's a good fit, keep pushing it. Get more savvy about how you push it. Is there something else you can send that reporter to make them um, interested? Good point. Um, did they recently write something that you can acknowledge and, you know, give them props and say, I, you know, I just want to let you know this was great. Right. Uh, I just read this. Um, you know, have you followed them on, on their social media platforms? Are you linked into where they don't forget about you? Right. Our job should be to make their jobs as easy as possible right? because we want them to be successful. We want ourselves to be successful. We want the client to be successful. So it really is a win-win for everyone, but you just have to do your part. Right. I think that's great, Whitney. Um, I think one of the things I love about um, pitching and about media relations in general in our world is that we're storytellers. Mm -hmm. And when we have a story that it's our job to kind of find these little elements. And sometimes I love when a client says, oh, I never thought about that could possibly be a story. And Mm -hmm. we're like, oh, yeah, that'd be a great story. And then we land it and it gets told and they get phone calls and, you know, people want to utilize their services or donate to their cause. That, to me, it just shows the power of a story. I and so agree. when we can take these pitches and when we can do them nationally, you know, it's like taking the local, everything you would do on the local level and just magnifying it. Yes. So, well, thank you for all your insight today, Whitney, and thank for you. Uh, just spending this time talking about this topic. Um, and uh, I'm sure we'll get back together and get you on here again. Sounds great. Thank Thanks, you. Whitney.